Warning, the following podcast is a shit show, and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life, according to an idiot. Cricket spiders. Wow, this isn't a full, we can't do the banter, but we can't. Uh, one of us is scared. Yeah, we're recording this mini-sode in a basement. We always record in a basement. And I just discovered earlier today, cricket spiders have taken shelter in my basement. <laughs> what even I'm, is a cricket spider? It, it's just a cricket that kind of looks like a spider. It, they're big and gross. Uh, I don't they, like that. And they, they jump so high and so fast. Mm-hmm. Anyways, hello, I am Jeremy. Hi, I am Mo, and welcome to According to an Idiot. According to an Idiot. <laughs> so happy to have you. We have funds today. So we're going to be uh, doing a spooky mini, and we will have the added ambiance of spider crickets yeah, cr- in the background. Cricket spiders. Cricket spiders, yeah. Spider crickets, cricket spiders. Anyways, anyway, we're doing a mini episode by request by Ella on the Winchester Mansion. Ooh. So you probably have heard this mentioned before. If you haven't already looked into it yourself or heard somebody else talk about it, I will talk about the lore of the Winchesters and why it is such a famed haunted house. Is this any relation to the Winchester rifle? Oh my gosh, it is. How did you know? It was just a lucky guess. Well, you are correct. So Sarah Winchester was the wife of William Winchester, owner of the gun and rifle company. The Winchester Rifle Company. Wow. Self-explanatory. Really really dug deep for that name. (laughs) Yeah. So just a little history. Uh, They had a daughter who died after six weeks. And Sarah's husband, William, followed quickly after the daughter's death after catching tuberculosis in 1881. Who died next? Her husband, William, the owner of the rifle company. All right. So after he passed away, 50% of the Winchester Repeating Arms Corporation's not even the rifle. I fucked it up from the get-go. Repeating Arms sounds like two words that don't go together. Right. So 50% of the company went to Sarah after he passed away, which at that time gained about $1,000 a day, which is about $26,000 a day now. And she inherited $20 million at the time, which is estimated to be about $500 million now. She didn't deserve that much money. She didn't know what to do with it. (laughs) So she ended up moving to California to be closer to her relatives. She had lived in New Haven, Connecticut. Connecticut. Of course, it's Connecticut. Yeah. That's a spooky state. That's an old spooky state. Right. So there are a lot of rumors surrounding Sarah Winchester, even before like her husband died. Many thought that she was crazy for her odd behavior. She was very into mediums and like the spiritual world in general. She was very reclusive. And a fun fact about her is that no pictures are available of her from her later life. I think there's one single photograph of her and her mansion mystery is spooky right and she has all this money to blow and all this time you know like she never has to work a day in her life like what else do you really have to do she is most famous for the mystery house which is made by her design so the winchester mystery house is one of the most famous houses in america so she decided to build a house and gave bizarre demands for her builders she wanted things like trap doors secret passageways skylights in the floor spiderweb windows, 
staircases that led to nowhere. They would literally go to a ceiling and then they would just stop. Doors that opened into walls or doors that would open into the outside with no stairs. So like you'd be on like the third story and a door would just open to the outside. So this home ended up being seven stories. Whoa. Whoa. That's that's very very tall. large. Yeah, very large with 950 doors, 10,000 windows. <laughs> what the hell? 40 stairways. What? 52 skylights, two basements, what? 47 fireplaces. Jesus. Six kitchens, three elevators, a state of the This is impossible. <laughs> You're lying to me. <laughs> no, it's just true. <laughs> a state of the art installation system which was like big Back then, it was, like, really fancy if you had a lot of insulation. If you didn't freeze in the winter. Right. Gas lights were another big thing. Electricity, indoor showers, and a sewer drainage system. Wow, look. It has two basements and a drainage system. <laughs> right, a sewer and system. 10, and 10,000 windows. 10,000 windows. <laughs> um, That's crazy. A fun fact about the place is it only had one working bathroom. <laughs> Typical. Right. She had however the fuck many bathrooms. but There's only only one person going poop in there, you know? (laughs) It's true. There's a reason for it that I'll get into later. Okay. She had an obsession with the number 13 as well. Never a good sign. And there were 13 paned windows and 13 paned ceilings, 13 step staircases, 13 parts to her will, signed 13 times. Wow. And I think there was 13 bathrooms as well and only the one that worked. She insisted that the house be built exclusively with redwood, but she hated the look of the wood, so she insisted it be covered with a stain and a faux grain. What's the matter with her? (laughs) I think this is like what money laundering is. It's just like, how can we just get rid of this money as soon as possible? Right. How can you just like waste it? Also, why would your first thought be like, oh, 50,000 doorknobs? You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't think of a better way. Like donating it to something? Right. Charity where people can actually fucking use it. Not on a useless house. So by I the... love how we're just, we just hate this woman. I know. Fuck just... you. Fuck you and your trauma. Fucking Gertrude, what's her name? <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> That's a very pretty name. Uh, very modern name. Very different from Gertrude. Very different. But she seemed like a Gertrude to me. Mm-hmm. Kind of. So by the time the house was done, over 20,000 gallons of paint had been used to cover the wood. Man. <laughs> For some reason, my first thought is like, Imagine drinking 20,000 gallons <laughs> of paint. That's a lot of paint. That is a lot of paint. 20,000 gallons. This is a monument to wastefulness. Right. Like, if you imagine, that's more than an entire Home Depot. That's multiple Home Depots and Lowe's worth of paint that she used. Yeah, Menards. Let's name some more Home Improvement Menards, stores. Ace Hardware. Ace Hardware. God. Uh, what, what's an, I don't fucking go to these places. Aco? Oh, is that a place? That's a local one. Oh, my God. You know more than me. You know one more hardware store than I do. <laughs> okay, so some theories on why she decided to build this big elaborate house was that she wanted to relive the happier times that she had with her husband and her daughter. Locked in a, <laughs> a maze of a in house. A maze. Um, apparently her and her husband had overseen building their former residence in New Haven, Connecticut together. So she wanted to repeat that experience and her grief, I guess, of the construction. And there was some lady that was like, oh, I've been studying her for 60 years and I believe this is the reason. I'm like, okay, but you don't really know this person. No, well, yeah, nobody knows. And every single one of these theories, every single person's like, I've been studying her my entire life and I think this is why. Okay, well, you don't know that for sure. Yeah, yeah you're in too deep. You're applying like an emotional motive. Right. You can't do that. I can't imagine being upset that my husband died and I'm like, okay, the solution, 
I really missed building a home with him, so I'm going to build... A home for... Maybe the thing is that it was probably being built for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. It could be like, I don't want these builders to leave. Uh, I don't want to be alone in a house. I want right. them to keep on building. I don't know. Uh, another theory was for philant- philanthropist... Philadelphia. Philanthropist. 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 For being philanthropic, nice. Philanthropic. 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 Thank you. That's a, that's a very rare word philanthropic she was nice and wanted to help people out in her community uh, venture capitalism exactly so she wanted to give jobs to people nearby and apparently she paid them really really well all the contractors and builders and things that she had on site i think she just didn't know how to handle money or how to build a house (laughs) she is not an architect i feel like she probably was like i don't know what like what do you how much do you think you should be making and they were like oh Right. And then everybody just got paid an outrageous amount of money. Yeah. So she employed dozens of carpenters who worked shifts around the clock every day for 38 years. Yeah. So she didn't want to be alone. Yeah. So it was literally 24-7, 365 days a year. Yeah. You could have a carpentry business mm-hmm. working for this lady. Let's say potentially your son takes over the family business. That mm-hmm. means you could spend your half of your career working in this house and then your son could spend half of his I career know. working in this I house. I thought about that as well. It's like well. generational construction. Exactly. So it's 38 years. It's Can a long you imagine time. your entire career in carpentry could be spent on this one house? Yeah. That's nuts to think about. And I'm sure it happened. Uh, apparently upon learning of her death though the carpenters quit so suddenly they left half hammered nails protruding from the walls because they're like this is so pointless why am i even doing this?" right they're like okay well fuck it it's a um sisyphean effort Mm, that was a big old word sisyphean 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 philanthropic we're full of five dollar words here what is what is the one that you said mean it's like related to like um the tale of sisyphus the guy who goes to Mm. hell and he's forced to roll a boulder up a hill for eternity. And as soon as he gets to the top, it rolls back down. But he keeps uh, it's like a fool's errand. He's not getting anywhere. Okay. Same with his house. People were working on it for no reason under very strange direction. Sisyphean. Yeah, because Sisyphus was the man. And Sisyphean is mm. relating to that. Interesting. So one of the most believed and popular theories on why... She built this house, going back to that, um, and this is the one I like to believe, is that she was acting on the advice of a medium who, channeling William, said she needed to make the house too large so that all the souls of the people who had been killed by the rifles could rest. So the, so okay. she was like basically struck with guilt, and apparently William also in his death was overwhelmed with guilt and said that, all of the people that had died from his rifles needed a place to rest. And they oh, would be coming spooky. after her, basically. Build another staircase. Right. Chair molding on the ceiling. <laughs> Spider web windows. 10,000 windows. 10,000 windows. Why windows? Right. Why windows? So after William had passed away, she sought help for closure as it was so sudden that he died. And... She was told that all these deaths were a result of blood money the family had made off the rifles. Yeah. Her husband dying, her daughter dying. It was all because of the karma, basically, of mm-hmm. making this rifle that killed being, so many of, other of people. Of really being a source of great bloodshed, yeah. Exactly. So William warned her that vengeful ghosts would seek her out 
and that she needed to protect herself by building a home and the spirits who fell from the weapon would be so confused by the home that they wouldn't be able to catch her basically. Yeah. So she was told to move west to build this house and was told that the construction could never stop. If you continue building, you will live. If you stop, then you will die. That's creepy. But I thought ghosts can just go through walls. I, I guess not, not maybe. These ghosts. Yeah, not these, not not this these time. ghosts. So as long this as- is redwood. Maybe that's why it was redwood, because uh. ghosts can't go through redwood. Yeah, see, there you go. But I guess it's interesting to think about, though. If you keep constructing, if you keep building, then the ghosts never really know where anything is, and they can mm-hmm. never catch you. But right. as soon as you stop, you know, they're going to learn the layout, and they're going to get their grubby little hands all over you. They're going to be in all the decoy bathrooms when you're in the only one, the only working bathroom. Mm-hmm. They'll never be found. Exactly. So the whole purpose was to confuse the spirits so they couldn't harm her. And she held a seance every single night to consult the spirits on what to build next. So she was like asking for permission. I think that's very cute and nice of her to do. Yep. Another fun fact is that she would sleep in a different room every night to escape the spirits. What a terrible life. Just always being terrified, always building, always in this transient state. Right. Changing rooms, building doorways, staircases. Right. It has to be so scary. It's like your own hell, your own little prison. You're you're trying to you really you're trying to trick yourself too, as much as the ghosts. Yeah, for thirty eight years. That's such a long time. Now, are there any stories about the ghosts in the house? Mm-hmm. I have a few. I'll get to the stories a little bit later. But another fun fact is that she would also use secret passageways so the ghosts couldn't follow her. I think it's like interesting that people are still trying to say though that she did it to help people out in the community. When, like, she slept in a different room every night and she was, like, using all these secret passageways and things. Like, yeah, there's clearly they're, they're, something else going on. Totally. Probably an old lady going crazy. Right. Because clearly there's a psychological aspect to this. I don't think it was because she was trying to help the community. She just I happened to help so. the community. Yeah. She was a job builder. Really. Mm-hmm. Another theory, the last one that I'll talk about, is that she was never mentally ill at all and all of these stories were spread by the company because if she was deemed mentally unwell they would receive Mm. her shares of the company so they were trying to create the scandal and spread all these stories to make her seem unfit and so she would lose her part in the company but she was still building this crazy house yeah she was still building this crazy house doing the she was doing herself dirty in that regard Mm -hmm. making herself look crazy I don't think she ever lost her shares, though. I think she kept them. So whatever she did was working. She escaped those ghosts. Yeah, get that bread. Get that gun bread. Get that bread. bread, Get that head, then leave. (laughs) (laughs) So now, present day, the house was sold after Sarah had died. It was appraised to be essentially useless as the design was so horrible. Yeah, sure. So a descendant that ended up inheriting the house ended up selling all of the furniture and everything inside the house. And then selling the house itself to try and, like, get as much money as possible from it. And the people who bought the house converted it to a tourist attraction. Because, like, what the fuck else are you going to do with that? Right. The new owners could never get an accurate count of the rooms. Wow. Which I think is funny. So it's estimated to be around 160. And they still actively find new rooms. Because there's no design plans. Like, there was no right. sketch of the and house it, whatever, or anything. Yeah, and if there were, I'm sure they'd be, like, useless because it changes every week. Right. Uh, it actually ended up becoming a landmark. I bet. And it's cited as one of the most haunted places in America. So I have some personal stories of people who worked there. Oh, okay. It's actually not... 
that spooky. Like, there aren't really that many scary stories about it. Like, and they've had a lot of the ghost hunting shows on there. Like, they went there and, like, stayed the night there and tried to provoke the spirits. And nothing substantial has ever been found there. But the tour guides and people who are around there... Who spent a lot of time there. Yeah, Yeah. they kind of have, like, a creepy, eerie feeling about it and have a few stories. So It's about exposure, too. So tour guides, the people who are there the most, would probably have the most stories so i have an article by angela hill mercurynews.com that lists some of the common ghost stories so i'm going to give you some examples so a lot of the stories kind of have the feeling of presence or like somebody's watching you or somebody's in the room type of eerie feeling there is a ghostly handyman that (laughs) many people uh, report seeing. So some tour guides and visitors report a apparition of a man with jet black hair believed to have been a former handyman. Mm. And he's also been seen repairing the fireplace in the ballroom or pushing a wheelbarrow. Wow. Another one is a story of a man who had been working on one of the projects for the house. He was working on one of the several fireplaces. Uh, There's a section of the house that's known as the Hall of Fires, which is just like a bunch of different fireplaces. So he reports that the house was dead quiet before tours got underway in the morning. And he was working up on a ladder when he felt someone tap him on the back. Mm. When he went to turn around to ask what they wanted, nobody was there. So he thought he just imagined it and he went back to his work only to experience what felt like someone pushing against his back. No, thank you. And that's what I have. A tour guide named Samantha reported a very clear sigh when she was in a small hallway outside a bedroom door. Thinking one of the guests had fallen behind, she turned to call the person into the room but saw nobody. And as her eyes adjusted to the darkened hallway, she saw a small form of a dark person slowly emerging, gliding around a corner. Ooh, no thank you. I hate this house. Yeah. A lot of people say, I think it's the third story Mm -hmm. that is the most haunted or eerie because the tours don't go up there. So it's like naturally just like more quiet Mm -hmm. and probably your mind can play more tricks on you as you're alone. Yeah. But there there aren't like too many, too many like story stories in the house. But I'm also sure it's because you have so many tour guides and things like how many real ghost shenanigans can go on during the daytime. And there probably aren't too many people there at night either. I would assume the story, the the history of it does most of the heavy lifting in the way of hauntedness and, right. and spooky feelings. Because when you hear that story, like I'm very upset just hearing that story of this creepy old widow talking to ghosts to get instructions to build a house that doesn't make sense and never ends. Mm-hmm. And for the purpose of confusing ghosts because of blood money and like, you know, that itself is very confusing on a human level. And like, right. when, I feel like when places and things are made as a byproduct or by somebody that is feeling a lot of grief, mm, I feel yeah. like some of that stays with it. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like a new agey thought, but I really do believe that in some way, I'm not, I don't know, I'm still on the fence about ghosts, but I do believe that things hang around. Yeah, I think energy can hang around. Something does. For sure. Because I like the Wiccan belief that energy is just kind of transferred around in the universe. Like what you put out in the world is what you get back. Yeah, it's like, fo- it's like footprints in the snow. Exactly. More snow will cover it, but like for a while, you know someone's been walking through your yard. And I feel like 
if you give off enough grief or enough bad energy, I, I think it can stay. Because there are definitely places where you go and you're like, ooh, this is not a this isn't a good Absolutely, place. Absolutely, yeah. Like so, okay. I clean carpets. That's my job. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a lot of houses. I've been in a lot of houses. I sort of compare like the idea of energy hanging around to like when you have a carpet for a long time and you have a habit of moving a certain direction across the carpet. Well, over time, you'll create what's called wear on your carpet. And it's literally, if you go to an old enough carpet, you can just look at it and you'll see these lines that sort of streak across the carpet of like Mm -hmm. worn down fiber. And it's just because the pathways we always take in our homes without realizing it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes people's lives are like that. Mm -hmm. And so once in a while you leave, you wear down the world's carpet. So if you're every day coming home back and forth from work, a little part of you is always coming back and forth from home to work, you know. Mm-hmm. If your favorite thing to do is to go sit out on a bench by a lake, a little part of you will always be going to that bench by the lake. Right. That's the most philosophical thing I've ever heard about cleaning carpets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I agree, though. I think, like, you do put things out in the universe in some small way that maybe you can't perceive or you can't measure but yeah and it doesn't stick around forever but like some stuff sticks stronger than most Mm -hmm. for a time i like to believe that we stick around yeah at least our energy or influence whatever you you want to call it yeah well that too yeah which is a nice thought and that's what sarah did by building this house she left a weird little trail (laughs) a little snail trail snail trail (laughs) yeah of her essence yep this bizarre house yeah what a strange story i thought it was interesting and it's something that's talked about a lot and it's just like one of those pop culture things that i feel like you need to know about so thank you ella for the suggestion thank you i hope i explained it well enough for your eardrums if you have a suggestion you would like us to cover a story or a topic feel free to email us at according to an idiot at gmail.com like Ella did. Or you can get in contact with us on our Facebook or Instagram at according to an idiot or our Twitter at idiots accord. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It lets us know how we're doing. It also helps people find the show. And we just like hearing your words. Hear well, reading your hearing your re, reading your your you know. You like we like <laughs> your voice. We like when you put your voice into words. Hearing, on a screen. Right. Hearing your words puked <laughs> out via the internet. I oh. really I like that yes. very much. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, and with we that. bid you adieu to meditate on the Winchester house. And your mark that you're leaving on the world. Yes. That's the big lesson we <laughs> That's learned the big today. Lesson. We came here to talk about a haunted house and we left with a very important lesson on metaphysics and carpets. Lots of carpets. Thank you for joining this short little mini with us. And I hope you have a good day. And Jeremy. I will see you in time. Boom.